I want to talk on fanning the flames of revival, fanning the flames of revival. And so the first thing I want to talk to you about is something in Genesis chapter 26. And again, I, I, I don't know if I'm calling this, this is not a point A to Z type sermon at all. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be moving around a little bit in this sermon. But the first thing I want you to see is that in Genesis 26, there's this principle where Isaac was digging out the wells of his fathers because there was blessings in these wells. And even the psalmist David says that we need to call out to the wells. The deep calls out to deep and says, spring up, O well, spring up, O well. So what you need to understand is where God has moved before, God will move again. If there is a well of revival there, some people call them portals, so a portal would be like a staircase that angels go up and down. Uh, so, so that would be like an open blessing, a place where blessings fall. Years ago, I was listening to Pastor Tony Scott preach, and, and this was a long time ago. And he said, there's a day that's coming when I see this black canopy over the earth, and then all of a sudden it looked like God shot cannonballs through the canopy, and there were beams of light that started coming down through the darkness. And he said, I can't explain it any other way, but I see thousands and thousands of portals opening up in heaven and they're connecting with revival wells. And when he said that, I'm, no one was preaching that in those days. And honestly, I didn't even hardly know how to digest it. I'm thinking beams of light from heaven and cannonballs and connecting with, with, with wells. I get it now. He's talking about portals and he's talking about holy ground where God is moved. So in this principle you have, you have in Genesis 26, you have this whole concept of where God has moved before, God will move again. Where the wells were dug by the forefathers, if you can dig those wells of revival out again, and I'm telling you, we're sitting in one in Cleveland, Tennessee. There is a revival well at Lee University. The Lee University has had waves of revivals. There was, I was, when I was a college student there, there was a great revival broke out when I was a college student there. And that's been a while back, and we won't go there, but it's been a while back, but I'm telling you, there's waves of revival where the North Cleveland Church sits. There are waves of revival. When T.O. Lowry built that building, he was the pastor there, and they had great, mighty moves of God and powerful revivals that you would see miracles happen night after night after night. There's been there's been prophecies over this city for William Branham prophecies over this city that one day there's been the urban uh, urban road revival prophecy that there's going to be a revival that takes place on this property and and I remember during COVID when when um, when I was preaching in an empty building because I was the I was the one I was kind of filling in the gap making up the hedge for a while and so they asked me would you just come on Tuesday nights and no one could come out I mean we were all shut down and I was preaching in an empty building and I was sitting there there might have been six people in this building and I was up here preaching up a storm man like the room was full and I started prophesying to this room and I said I will see this room full there will be young people from one corner to the other corner and I'm telling you I would stand here while they were worshiping and I just prophesied to this room it's a, to an empty room I was just prophesying to this room and I'd get up here and preach like the room was full because in my spirit I saw it full I knew one of these days what I was seeing in my spirit would come to pass and so 
so for years and years and years, I've been believing that God was going to send a mighty move of God on the earth at the end of time, that the hearts of the fathers will be turned back to the sons and the hearts of the sons back to the father. Some of you that heard my sermon a, a few months ago on these are the days of Elijah, that's one you ought to go back and look at again because I explained that that is tied to one specific prophecy or that prophecy is tied to one specific miracle where Elijah raised a dead boy from the, from the grave, the widow of Zarephath's son, but it wasn't just any boy, it was Jonah. Jonah's father was Amittai, and the widow of Zarephath's husband was Amittai, so it was, he was raising Jonah, the same Jonah that gets swallowed by the well, same guy who had one assignment on his life, and that was to bring revival to the capital of Assyria. That was his only assignment, and out of all the miracles that that Elijah did, he only prayed one prayer for those miracles except this time. And he prays three prayers to resurrect this little boy because of the three moves of God that would come on this earth, starting with the day of Pentecost and then the Azusa Street Revival would go around the world and then there's got to be one more. There's got to be one more move of God to complete the dance of the Trinity, perichoresis. We've been, I've been talking about all this stuff for a long time, it's been in my spirit. And so I knew that with my own eyes, I believed with my own heart and my own eyes, I would see this one day. And so I believe last summer was my summer for digging out wells. And I told some of you about it. God had me on one of the weirdest journeys I've ever been on. I started in the month of June and I was going to graveyards and praying and old sites where old churches had been torn down and praying and God would send me to these places and tell me to call out to the well. I was afraid to tell anybody because I'm thinking they're going to think okay Dr. B has gone off the deep end now. I don't know if he's going to come back to us or not because he's out there talking to graveyards and calling out to broken down churches and, and so and God told me to do that and I went to several places where the Lord sent me and I called out to wells and I promised prophesied over them and and asked them to come back. Even some churches that were in trouble, some churches that were in transition, God sent me to the property and I would stand there where I thought the well was and I'd call to the deep and call it to come out. It was a strange journey, but I really believe that God had me doing that prophetically over the land. And so so when you understand this, it takes us to Joel chapter 2, which Joel chapter 2 is the prophecy that that I've been looking for. Now, you have to understand this about Joel chapter 2. I understand that Peter quoted this on the day of Pentecost. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, but he did not quote the whole prophecy, and the reason he couldn't quote the whole prophecy is because it's the third prophecy of Joel chapter 2. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com, or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to hope in the word. The first prophecy of Joel chapter two is the diaspora, that the Jewish people will be persecuted and scattered around the earth. That's the first prophecy. 
The second prophecy is that they would gather back into the homeland. That didn't happen until May 1948. And then he said afterwards. So this is way after the day of Pentecost. This is a long time after the day of Pentecost. Afterwards, he said, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out of my spirit in those days. When the Lord gave me a revelation about men servants and maid servants, I started looking for something. And I don't know who else was looking for it, but I started looking for something because I believe... If you read Hebrew, you read it from right to left, and I believe that the revival would begin in a Muslim country. And the reason I believe that is because if you go to men's servant, notice the language changes, your sons, your daughters. That's easy to identify, that's us. And then he switches language and says, and also on my men's servants and my maid servants. What was he talking about? Well, the law of first mention tells us what he was referring to. The first time in the Bible the word men servant is mentioned is talking about the sons of Abraham. And the first time in the Bible that the word maid servant is mentioned is talking about Hagar, who is the mother of Islam. And when I read that, when the Lord gave me that revelation, I shared it with some, some friends that pastor in the largest Muslim country in the world, which is Indonesia. And shortly after that, something broke out, a revival broke out in Indonesia, and, and in this revival, you have to understand true revival brings repentance and true revival, true revival doesn't just bring joy, it does bring joy, but true revival brings repentance and it brings salvation. There's a conviction, a fear of the Lord that comes with true revival and people start confessing and people start, I mean, they. You, it's amazing the things that they get convicted of and they just start confessing things and apologizing that's what real revival looks like, you know. It's not just happy all the time. It's people coming to God broken and laying down their sins and, and God taking people that are strung out in addiction and killing them and curing them and sobering them and giving them a whole new lease on life. That's what real revival looks like. So, so I've been looking for something like this that would come along and so I've shared a video with you guys one time in one of the sermons that has to do with this, but this is, this is one of the largest churches in the world. And this guy is actually a personal friend of mine, Pastor Nico. He pastors in Indonesia. As a matter of fact, Carrie, uh, she's right here on the, I ask you guys to sit there. Carrie, I want you to stand up. I want them to see you because she's a witness. She was in the building in Indonesia when this prophecy was given out by Cindy Jacobs over him. So she was there. That video I showed you, she was actually in Indonesia with Campus Choir, I think it was, uh, in this meeting from Lee University and heard this prophecy given out that the third Pentecost would be poured out and would go from east to west instead of from west to east as the Azusa Street Revival went. And so I've kept up with Pastor Nico. I've talked to him. I've Zoomed with him and kept with him over this. He's written a book about it. He's held third Pentecost conferences now. And I've shared some of the stories with you where he told me that one night the glory of God fell in their kids' church. And his, his church runs 550,000 people. It's enormous. So we don't see churches that big here in the United States, but but his, his got one of the largest churches in the world, in the largest 
largest Muslim country in the world, which is a phenomenon all by itself because they're still dealing with persecution there and his church is amazing. And this is what he told me. He said, one night the glory of God fell and that over 8,000 children in their children's church were slain in the spirit and spoke in tongues until the sun came up the next morning. He said they literally spoke in tongues for hours upon hours. They would not wake up. They could not get them up off the ground. And they spoke in tongues until the sun came up the next morning. And they saw that this was a sign from God. And so this whole third Pentecost movement, the last time I talked to him, I said, tell me about the third Pentecost movement in Indonesia. So it started there when this prophecy was given out at that time, which has been a couple of years ago now when this happened. It was actually right right around. Around, uh, right before COVID or right around that time when this, when this prophecy was poured out. And the last time I spoke with him, he said that there are tens of thousands of teenage Muslims coming to Christ every single week now. He said, we don't even have the room for them. We don't know what to do with them. They, have, they are so tired of radical Islam. They're so tired of hating everybody. They're so tired of being hyped up to go out and murder people. He said, they have found the love of Christ. They are being filled with the Holy Spirit and literally tens of thousands of them in a, the largest Muslim country. So Hagar is getting the outpouring. Hagar, it's already started. The Hagar is getting the outpouring. And so I knew that eventually it would come to this part of the world. And so, so I, I've read some of these prophecies to you before, but I want to just kind of recap some of them. This is one from Smith Wigglesworth. Listen to what he said. I see it. I see it. Shutting his eyes again, he said, I see the greatest revival in the history of mankind coming to planet Earth, maybe as never before, and I see the dead raised, and I see every form of disease healed, and I will not see it in my lifetime, but I see it in my spirit. It is coming. He saw a revival that was coming to this Earth, and right before he died, he wrote that, and we're still talking about it today. This is Dr. Lester Summerall, who also said this before he passed away. He's in heaven now too. I see a revival coming that will not last long, but it will come upon young men and women who are not well known or even greatly appreciated. It's not gonna be a celebrity-led revival. It's not even gonna be a pastor-led revival. It's not gonna be a leader-led revival. It's gonna be a grassroots movement where God is coming upon young men and young women who have never preached a sermon, and all they're doing is just beginning to walk in the spirit and do what the spirit is leading them to do and it's not going to make sense to everybody that needs a bulletin it's not going to make sense to everybody that needs a program it's not going to make sense to everybody that thinks you got to have a praise team for the glory to fall it's not going to make sense for everybody that thinks you got to have a prayer line and a fire tunnel to get the glory in the house it's not going to make sense to everybody that thinks you got to have that because when God begins to move and these young people they're not going after religion they're going after glory they're going after a divine move of God that is unlike anything that perhaps that we've ever seen in our lifetime. I love this one by David Wilkerson. Listen to what he said. And he, this kind of pins it to our day and time. I see a plague coming on the world, and the bars and churches and government will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it has never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles and repentance. Everybody say repentance. 
and repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit and out of it will come the third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. How many of you know we've just come through that pandemic? We've just come through the only thing that's ever shut New York City down, the only thing that's ever shut this country down like that. We've come through that. He said right after that. So now he's pinned it for us. He's put it on the calendar and said after the pandemic is over, get ready because revival is coming. But he's not the only one that said it. Here is from Azusa Street, the 100-year prophecy from Azusa Street. And he did not say it was gonna happen exactly at any time. He said 100 years from now, the greatest revival in the history of the world will occur. They will, be, they will witness the fullness of the former and the latter reigns of God. They will see the Shekinah glory manifested in its fullness. I want you to look at the date that he died. He died in September 28th. 1922, it's now been a 100 years and a few months. So we're right in the time frame of that 100-year prophecy. He didn't say on the day. He said a 100 years from now. So we are right now in the time frame of that 100-year prophecy. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.